Now, in advance, we're going to say that this might sound either very simple or very complicated, depending on what the Holy Spirit is going to do in your mind and your heart. And if it feels like you're going to glitch, with other words, when your brain struggles to take in the reality of what we're talking about, don't panic. If we are going to do it in layers, we are entering into the process of godliness understanding. And so these are the this is the process again of laying layers. If you feel like you glitch, just relax back, rest back, and it'll be okay. You don't have to get it all in one go. We're going to do this for the next year, so it's okay. And we are going to try and be careful. Okay, Romans chapter 8. Today we're going to look at the revealing of the sons of God. Embrace yourself. Okay, and we're starting at verse 19, which is the anchor scripture. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I'm going to read it again. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now I know that all of us are fairly well versed in Romans chapter 8. right? So we know that in this, a big part of this passage is going to speak about creation groaning and waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. <clears throat> and I'm sure most of us, when we think about the scripture and kind of try to understand it, and I'm using the word timeline lightly, uh, but if we kind of try to understand when this truth will manifest to its full, I'm sure most of our minds kind of picture it towards the end. Mm. Am I right? If anyone hasn't thought that, then... You can raise your hand. Okay. So we kind of picture this towards the end. And it makes sense because when one reads chapter 8, we understand that this is one of the core pieces of scripture in specifically the New Testament that confirms uh, God's final salvation, the fullness of the salvation plan, the end of it all and the glory revealed. Right. So one could read chapter 8 of Romans and just read it from that context, from the context of the work being finished and the work being fulfilled in the saints and them having reached perfection. So today we're going to look at that some more. So piece by piece, let's go through some of the steps. And now let's go back. And we read verse 3, but I'm going to make notes on the board as we go. Right? Okay, so we are going to isolate just little segments of the sentence. And uh, therefore discover more of the specific intent. Because we know that when Paul writes... He will combine, he will just flow from one thought to the next in one sentence. Well, he'll flow through. And, and then he'll just go back. Because uh, he was speaking to the end time church, it would appear. And uh, I would just imagine him sitting in the spirit writing these things. He was surrounded by, <laughs> by all the greats. And so, no wonder he speaks like this. Okay, let's go for it. Okay, so, so we're going to read some of the sp well, specific verses, but we're not going to take into account the entire verse. We're going to take into account bits and pieces to, cry, to try and lift out a truth. Okay, so verse 3 says... <coughs> Okay, just the first part. Verse 4 says, 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. And look at the rest of it. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Okay, so before we go on to the next verse, we're just going to look at this word, fulfilled. And we did look at full measures again on Friday evening. Fulfilled, fulfilled, fully filled up to the full. So if we want to visualize it, if we have a cup, it's not just, that's not fulfilled. This is fulfilled. Okay, so the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. So when looking at just that part of the verse, it becomes very, very clear that the might be is some kind of a key. Especially since I wrote it this way. Okay, so pause, sorry. So pause for a moment. Look at that sentence. You see, we could easily miss the way that it's written. It says that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled. Why might be? Does, when you just listen to the word might be in our modern understanding of language, it almost sounds, sounds like not a definite... Open-ended. Potential, right? Yes, 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 it is. But the, just the tense, it's just the yeah. language. It's almost like might be, because you would have expected he says is, has been. As especially if we take into context, it's Romans chapter 8. Okay, or has been. No, remember, most of chapter 8 is written in past tense. Did call us. Did justify us, did glorify us, all of that. So immediately when we see this, uh, your brain goes, should go, there's a key somewhere in the way he wrote it. Okay, we're going to look at why. Okay. Okay. Might be. So that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. Okay. Then. Okay, just before that, the end of chapter, oh, the end of verse 3 says, and now we see, okay, so I'm going to put here 3. Now we see, this is written in past tense. It says, he condemned sin. What is, what's the tense is telling you? Done and dusted. It can't be changed. It's done. Finished. Okay. 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 Then, if we skip all the way ahead to verse 10, it says, If Messiah is in you, the body is dead. <laughs> okay. If Messiah is in you the body is dead tenses it's kind of final okay so Spiritually, those who have not been resurrected are dead in their sin. And yet, if you have been raised in Messiah and Messiah is in you, then your body is dead. It's kind of a full stop idea. Right, okay, take us from there. Now we're going to start expanding expanding. We're going to start expanding our understanding. Okay, so let's just go through this one more time. So, it says, 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be, there's potential, might be fulfilled in us, completely full in us, he already condemned sin in the flesh, so it's done. And if Messiah is in you, the body is dead. Okay. Now, for us to start understanding what we are going to try and manifest today, we need to look at something that, that we can understand in terms of like cause and effect. So a causative influence, something that has an outcome. <clears throat> and the best way to do this, the best example, is the law of gravity. The law of gravity. And we're specifically using a law because we know there's reference to the law of the spirit of life and Messiah and the law of sin and death. Okay. So the law of gravity is, I mean, it's not very difficult to understand. The reason we're stuck to the earth is because of the law of gravity. We also understand that gravity is a constant so it's a constant force that's being applied or exercised on all of the objects. Um, we don't have to go into the physics of it, but we understand gravity doesn't actually change, just in its pure form, the force of gravity. We're not taking into account what's happening on Earth. If we just look at gravity in its pure form, it's constant. Now, what would happen if creation worked differently and wind, the effect of wind, could change the amount of gravity? We want gravity to be constant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we'd be seasick all the time. Okay. <laughs> so gravity is constant. That means that if I stand up, and I'm not going to demonstrate, but in your mind's eye, you can visualize this. If I just got up and jumped, I can't jump one meter high unless I'm really strong, which I'm not. And if I just stood still and I decided I'm going to see how far I can jump, I probably couldn't jump that far either. However, if I decide to go for a run... To wait. Oh. To wait. Yes. Okay, Gra gravity is constant. But how does it work? How do we determine weight? Why is something, why do we consider something to be heavy and something to be light? What is the determining factor? Mass. Mass. So, how, do we, how does the relationship between weight and mass work? If you have 20 square centimeters of gold. You have 20 square centimeters of iron. Which one is heavier? Gold. We can't prove it because we don't have that much gold on hand. But it can be researched and you will find the answer is gold. Why? We have 20 square Centimeters of both. So the weight is determined by the density of the matter, which means there's more of it crammed into a smaller, into the same volume. So there's more of whatever we have. With other words, there's less gaps between the molecules, if you want to understand it like that. So there's less air. It's not scientifically correct, but it's for us to understand. There's less gaps in between whatever. So you can't imagine a piece of iron having gaps in it, but it does. Correct? Because there has to be place for the ions to move. Almost unthinkable that you can actually have less space for ions to move or molecules to move in one 20 square centimeter object that's solid as compared to another, but that's why gold is heavier, correct? And so, gravity remained constant. Gravity has the same effect on everything. 
it is the thing that is determining how it responds to gravity. So a feather responds to gravity in a different way than a ball of lead. How far can you throw a feather? Or a balloon. Depends on the wind. <laughs> so even if all elements and factors that are working into it is the same, constant, the feather is going to respond to gravity differently, or gravity is going to affect the feather differently. Why? Because it has way more air in between its particles. Okay, so we're not going to go into the science of that. Now, what has gravity got to do with the sons of God? We are going to look at that. So the purpose of the study is, we know that the sons of God are going to be revealed because creation is waiting for it to happen. So right now, out there, all of create, creation is in anticipation for something that is supposed to happen. So I think the grumbling we heard this morning was just impatience building up. It's been waiting quite a long time. Who's keeping it waiting? Yes, I suspect it might be us. But we can't just say, okay, we'll do it. We're not quite sure what it is we're supposed to do. See? So part of the study that we have started is for us to get clarity and more understanding on how do we respond to the factor that is supposed to weigh in on our existence so that we may see the fulfillment of the Word of God. Okay. Now, show them how we can change the effect of gravity on us. Okay. I'm not going to show, I will tell you. Show them. <laughs> so, tell them. Okay. So, back to my earlier example. <clears throat> if I just stood up and jumped to see how far I could jump. I haven't measured this in years. When I was a child, I used to see how far I could jump. Never really could jump that far, just from standstill. However, if I go down the street to the main road and I decide to give it a nice head start run, a run up, and then I majestically leap <laughs> through the air, <laughs> and graciously and elegantly leap, then chances are I'm going to jump quite a bit further than I would have just from standstill jump. Right. I probably, if I tried, would also be able to jump a bit higher. So she negated the ultimate and constant effect of gravity. So what happened to gravity? Gravity remained constant. Something she did changed the effect that gravity has on her mass, volume, and matter. Her mass didn't change. Her volume didn't change. Did it? Now she's running, eh? <laughs> so if she's going to... Okay, so the expansion of blood and all of that could have a slight effect but it's negligible <laughs> then while running at her fastest in her brand new Solomons well they're not that new anymore I've been running a while yeah. 
The moment when she's at full speed touching Earth, is she weighing less or more or the same? At like that ev moment. Every touch on the ground. Mm. How heavy is it going to be? If if you were the ground and you had to feel. What's it happening? Lighter or heavier than if I just stood still. Johannes? Have you been studying your physics? I wouldn't have been able to answer this question. Good thing we're doing this teaching then. Yes. Now, disclaimer, I didn't have physics on school. Okay, in school. So, okay, continue. So, something that we can do, several things we do, changes the, although gravity, the law of gravity remains exactly the same. Gravity itself remains constant and it cannot be changed. But there's factors and influence elements that can change the perceived effect. So, when you are driving in your 1.2, 1,200 kilogram car, at the speed of 300 kilometers an hour. <laughs> is your car still weighing the same? Yes. Your car can, yeah, right? With the weight, just the mass of the car. Yes. That doesn't change, right? And yet, if you go over a bit of a bump, your calves all of a sudden can fly. <laughs> so momentum, <coughs> momentum, is the causative influence. So think of an aeroplane. I can't jump one meter into the air, but an aeroplane can get kilometers and kilometers up into the air. But you can jump in the aeroplane. I can do that. <laughs> right, so by momentum, applying momentum, we, all know how fast we can get something that weighs tons. With various other aerodynamic um, laws yes. and so forth, but but just for the essence of what but you can have you can have all the rest of the aerodynamics without velocity, momentum. None of the others matter. Even for a helicopter to rise into the air vertically, it's still based on velocity. Make sense? Energy displacement. Is this making sense? Now. So we could say the faster it moves, the less of an effect gravity has. But it all depends on the direction in which it is moving. Because if it moves in the wrong direction, gravity has a greater effect eventually. Yes. If I'm running downhill really fast, then obviously. Yeah, if you turn the plane around, different story. Okay, so. Okay, so why? Okay, so to thrust up. Okay, we're not going to go into that. It's very interesting. But anyway, so let's. Focus. So we keep this, 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 this um, expression in mind for the rest of the year. Causative influence. Causative influence. Something bearing in on something else with a result in changing direction, form, uh, changing the outcome. Make sense? We just don't know what would happen if God created one planet alone and positioned it all alone in the universe. No way of determining that outcome. Okay. Not that it matters, but I'm trying to expand our way of thinking. I'm trying to get us to look in a broader way, think in a broader way. 
causing your brain, we, what we're doing is we're causing your brain actively to fire maybe in places that it wouldn't normally fire. So we're literally forcing your brain to cause little sparks in areas that we wanted to cause sparks. That's why we are doing this. Right. Okay, now, let's look on Bible Hub at the righteous requirements of the law might be. So the effect of momentum on mass is an absolute fact, right? But there was a day when someone for the first time discovered that one could break through the sound barrier. Something unknown happened. But before that happened, for the first time, the <coughs> effect that momentum would have on mass was always true and the same. There were early you know, there were early sparrows that tried their best. But anyway, so the fact is that the 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 science behind it always existed. But there was a day when somebody for the first time, broke through the sound barrier and the science was defined. Okay, it makes sense. Yet it existed from the beginning, the potential for it. Even the potential for leaving the atmosphere altogether. It was true. Even if it hasn't happened yet, it was always true. Yet it only became true when it happened for the first time. Explain that for us. Okay. So in verse 4, when it says that the righteous requirement, requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, um, the might be and fulfilled is, is one concept. So it wasn't actually different words, it's one concept. And the word in Greek is now. Forgive me, I don't know the pronunciation, but plerothe. And it comes from pleres, and it means to make replete, i.e. to cram, to level up, or to furnish, satisfy, execute, finish, or verify. Now obviously it's trying to more heavily convey the idea of fulfillment, mm -hmm. to make replete, to level up, to cram in, to furnish, mm -hmm. so to put things in, to satisfy. Mm -hmm. And yet the, the words might be are in there mm -hmm. and it remains a key. Because if it had just said that the righteous requirements could be fulfilled in us, then that means that that was done. No, if it said could be, it would be imperfect. Yes, but it would be past tense. How other, how but yes, it would be it? imperfect past tense. So it wouldn't be perfect. It could be. Okay. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because what we are looking at in the might be, that's the key, is that it's a double confirmation mm. of the intent of the mm. narrative or the text. Mm. 
double confirmation. It has it carries the idea of cramming in as much as possible. Um, so we're looking at the word fulfilled, which in itself carries a double meaning, full and filled. So it could be translated as be full, be utterly filled, but it was translated and, and according to an idea of full fold. So in itself it is a double confirmation. But now the might be also carries the meaning of totally confirming, verifying, filling, cramming all of the potential into it, fulfilling mm -hmm. all of it. Because so it's not loose standing. So literally that might be is very intentional. Mm -hmm. Only the Holy Spirit could have helped the translators to know that they should not use the wrong connective tense in that sentence. This is the wonder of the New King James translation. Okay, it conveys something very specific. It's very important to understand we have a triple confirmation of fullness. That might be is the kind of idea that uh, we would generally just glance over. It doesn't make sense to your brain mm -hmm. to write might be. Can't interpret it. And yet, in its root words, it has very potent effect. Might be full fold. So if I go to a buffet and I try and break every barrier, move all the boundaries that has ever existed, <laughs> and I just keep going, yeah. Push the move. there will be a point <laughs> where you also have that can be reached. <laughs> might be reached <laughs> when you literally when you stick something it will get <laughs> stuck there it will just remain <laughs> but I will only be fulfilled the moment that the last piece of food <laughs> is here <clears throat> you can try that with your cake tomorrow <laughs> Good idea. Right, so, are we getting the idea full fold? Okay. Full fold. So I've been full, and I've been pleasantly filled. I'm not quite sure if I've even been full fold after a meal. Are we getting the idea? Very important. Very important to get this. Because here in this small little world, our word might be, lies a giant key to what God is busy communicating here. Now, Let's go back to the text. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. And we know it's been done in his finished work. And legally and technically it has been done in us. 
and yet we are in a process of discipleship and renewing the mind, overcoming sin, overcoming the flesh. And that is why you have to write the rest of the chapter. Because if it was as easy as that, God did and finished His work and He now brought us into the finished work and confirmed and established the finished work in us, then the rest of the chapter is not necessary. So we know there's a process and the process is supposed to bring us to this outcome. And this is where we're going this next year. We are going to start to understand more, even more. How is it that the sons of God is going to be revealed? Because see, there's going to be sons of God that will be full, filled, completely. It sometimes says, and Paul being full of the Spirit. But, it also says that God does not give the Spirit by measure. What is the causative influence? What's the causative influence? Influence. Somebody watched you go about your service to God and your faith walk for a month with the right and so and so being full of the Spirit. Or with the right and the Spirit could be noticed in this person <laughs> at times. There was an occasion. Pretty sure he has the spirit. See the difference? What's the causative effect? Causative effect. What are we going to look at? One of the greatest causative effects we can learn from looking at gravity. Momentum. Momentum changes the way the greatest natural law functions. Right, now, we're taking this slow because I really, really want us to have this introduction teaching as a good start to what we're going to do. A good start. Okay, so. So, momentum will be the causative effect that changes the volume weight ratio in a static object. Yes. Yes, and the principle of progression has everything to do with the principle of beginning and end. Walking away or turning away from self. What others are there? Think quickly. Responsibility. Which others want? Oh, they, someone was. No, we don't have it. Yeah, we have it there. Okay, someone was kind enough. Okay, let's quickly, a uh, good question, Charlene. Let's have a look. What does it to do? It has, to, it has everything to do with, with progression, beginning and end, planning ahead, decision-making, proje projecting ahead and sowing of seed, repetition, witness, return, repeat, do, do again, progression, single-mindedness, continuance. What happens with double-mindedness? You're stuck between two things. Single-mindedness does what? Go. Confession and repentance. Try and do that in a static way. Formulating. Turning back on self. Walking circumspecting. Um, living intentionally. Thanksgiving cannot be static. Um... See the, the arousal of the, of the flesh, suppressing the truth, humility, ignorance. Uh, do not be unequally yoked. What does unequally yoked do? Brings you to a standstill. Okay, so this, do you see that this is a causative 
natural uh, spiritual law momentum all right and why are we able to teach about the on that now because we have fully illustrated the effect of this through the process that we've been through fully illustrated this is the bell ringing what happened when you decided to make a radical move in a different direction So how much on that how much did you actually travel on your spiritual road for the previous number of years? <laughs> but you thought you were moving. You, you actually thought you were doing something. Move me. Moving. Okay, so we can see the effect of it. Now we understand there's a causative effect that we can identify. We understand that just like gravity if we can build up enough speed we can and, and energy and thrust, we can launch a rocket right out of the atmosphere and free it to some degree from gravity. The degree by which the rocket is freed from gravity is great enough to almost say it has been freed from gravity. Not total, but it's big enough to make such a statement. That's why the rest of chapter 8 is written. Now, can you read chapter 8, verse 9? Oh, write that for us on the board. This is our, we're going to call it an anchor scripture, but in this particular case, the word anchor would, mean, would denote exactly the opposite <laughs> of what we are trying to say. Okay. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation waits for the sons because it will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Why is creation waiting? Because it will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into what liberty? The glorious freedom. It is quite interesting because if we think of being delivered, we think of something being set free. Mm. And yet, it will be, be delivered from the bondage of corruption into. Not just into the freedom, into the glorious freedom. Okay, let's start from the beginning again. So, the law and its requirements. What are we looking at? The requirements of the law or the requirement of the law what was the requirement of the law or is if law never leads to judgment or the implementation of the law <laughs> then it doesn't exist, it's not required. Mm. 
So it sounds great at first glance, and it is, I'm not saying it's not. It says, he condemned sin in the flesh. He had to condemn in order to fulfill the requirement of the flesh, of the law. He had to condemn. The action of condemning was needed to fulfill the requirement of the law. I thought all he had to do is love us. <laughs> or even forgive us. Explain that. Just this versus the idea out there. He did that, but they understand it wrong. Yeah, so if, if the law was there, right? But God had just decided, okay, I'm just going to, I know you've transgressed and the wages of sin is death, but I'm just going to forgive all of the sins, like we know he did, going to forgive all of the sins, and it was just wiped away and forgotten, then what would have been the purpose of the law in the first place? So, yes, he did forgive all of our sins. He did. He forgave all sin. And he washed away all sin with his blood. But the sacrifice still had to be brought. The wages of sin was still death. We don't circumvent judgment. But although he did all of that, he still didn't go, oh, don't worry about it. It's very important to understand this when understanding and looking at the gospel. Because that's kind of the message that's often conveyed when it comes to forgiveness. The message is, God said, don't worry about it, man. It's not what he did. He condemned sin in the flesh. For the requirement of the law to be fulfilled, there has to be justice. Do we get it? It's very important for our understanding of the gospel. And without this understanding, godliness will remain out of reach. We have to understand this. Because what grace is bringing towards us is that which has been fulfilled in us. We're touching on you, a huge stretch. We're going to be stretched in order to move into this. It's not going to happen overnight. That's why we are opening it up right now. Okay? We are just going to start to introduce the causative effects. Because, see, we're not going to wait for anyone else in our generation to be the first to be the sons of God revealed. If it doesn't happen in our generation completely, then fine. Okay, now. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Yahushua HaMashiach who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Momentum is mentioned in this sentence. Walking. But there is condemnation to those who insist on sitting on their backsides. <laughs> so the momentum is brought in here. Okay. We have to understand there's an influencing factor. But what has been done and completed remains constant. The righteous requirements of the law has been fulfilled in you. Has been. Fulfilled. Might, Might be. Thank you triple confirmation of the fullest possible. There is nothing. You cannot fit more. It's been fulfilled in you. So both judgment, justice, 
and forgiveness, all of that has been fulfilled to its utmost in you. You're full of it. So what needs to happen then for that to be revealed in us? Because mm -hmm. it says it's been fulfilled, utmostly fulfilled. See what we're looking at. Can, can you guys start to see what we're looking at? Just like gravity is constant, always true, at all times, even during load shedding. Nothing in the history of the world recorded has changed the constant nature of gravity. Not the greatest storm, not even the flood. Okay, we're getting it. I want you to look at this in the same way. The requirements of the law fulfilled in you is the same as gravity. Nothing changes it. You can't have more, can't have less. But, causative effect will change the way it works. It manifests. Okay. If the righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled in you, and he didn't take the law out, he put it in. All of it. So, we're not going to read further. I'm going to help us understand something. Close your Bibles. Godliness. We're going to allow ourselves just to imagine for a moment. Sometimes we have to imagine the opposite of something to understand what we're looking at. Imagine the moment just after God had dressed them in animal skin in the garden. They had sinned and had now fallen short of the glory of God. They are all still in the garden. God dresses them in the animal skin. Then he says, It's alright. Doesn't matter. God turns around and walks away. Leaves. The creation is intact. The garden is still perfect and they are still going to live forever. In the garden. God leaves. That's it. off the hook because God is a loving God now what
we can eat some fruit. We can enjoy the perfection of creation. And we can live forever together. And God never needs to return because everything is perfect anyway. But they will live forever. Anybody feeling devastation in your spirit right now? A big balloon is the closest thing you can get to something being set free from the force of gravity. The emptier it is, the freer it becomes. Know what God is. He went and stuffed us to the brim with His commandments. And brought us into liberty. Imagine a moment when, in our theoretical scenario, God had just dressed him in the animal skin, said it's fine, doesn't matter, and left. See, humanity... cannot live if you take everything away from them. What God did to you and I is when He gave us everything, He took everything from us. took away from us any possibility to redeem ourselves. It's scary for us to be left with no law. And he fulfilled it all. So we get baptized, it's wonderful. And then slowly but surely the reality dawns on us. He has taken everything from me. Now what? It's like inviting someone to play a game and then say, well, congratulations, you won. Now what? So what is the negative determining factor, influencing factor, causative influence that is causing us not to walk in the full revelation of being sons of God? Is 
we don't like what he did. We don't want what he gave. He gave us everything. So there's nothing to do. Completely unknown. See, even creation has been and is and has always been since the fall in the bondage of corruption. And the creation is waiting to be delivered into the freedom of the sons of God. That thing that happened when God said, it's done. And it's not difficult to enter into that. if we went Enoch's route. But you see, that's not what he's asking of us. He's not asking us to walk in the Spirit to such a degree that we just enter into nothingness. Because, because there's nothing left for us I as far as the law is concerned. We enter into it, we all cease to exist. balance is that he wants us to become nothing and yet stay here I can think a lot of stuff and yet just be out of here that's the hard part and that's why the revelation of the sons of God has been tarrying because it's the sons of God has to be revealed on us it's a not a big deal if they're revealed in heaven one day it has to be revealed yes the duality that we've got to we've got to figure out the causative effects so that we can progress in that duality because when Messiah is in you you are dead in the flesh what if that is fully true see this is the challenge and this is what's facing us in this year where we are looking at godliness so we've so we've just we've just started just touched on it. You see, it's that thing that scares us. So, <sighs> there's no way for me to know how much of this you've, you're experiencing entering in right now. See, we can for brief moments, enter into being in Him, there. But we're supposed to bring that back here. So when we pray, let your kingdom come. that we don't even know when we ourselves, the dead us, is activated to take the place of that which has been perfected. Happens in a split second. So the momentum of walking in the Spirit will 
loose us from the gravity of this world. But you can switch that momentum off in a minute and plummet straight to earth. Because we want to do something. When the spirit is busy, we want to start doing something. This is where we want to just start to enter into understanding. It's that thing, that's the causative influence. The moment the spirit starts setting us free from the flesh, we want to help in the flesh. Because what if he just sets us free? We don't want to be free, do we? What do you do when you're just free? When he's helping you to be whole, then we want to add a thought to it. Is everybody recognizing this dynamic? This is where we want to go. This is where we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful adventure in exploring. And we will look at Romans 8 again and again. Paul is writing the entire previous part of the letter to the Romans, preaching the gospel to them so that he can try and bring them to this point. This is the actual gospel. And I don't know, maybe for the rest of my life I will not achieve the feat of just keeping myself from helping the Holy Spirit and then someone else will become the person or the people that walk in the fullness of the scripture. Because I've been doing so well in helping him. Okay, so I want you to go in with this one thought. We cannot handle the reality that He left no law for us to fulfill. It scares us. Terrifies us. So if God had turned around, said it's fine, you're forgiven, and he walked away, how long would it take Adam and Eve to go back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because what else is there to do in the garden? How long do you guys think it would take them? How long does it take you? On an average day. <laughs> 